Hey everyone, today I'm going to be continuing our series on 1 Thessalonians by looking at the subject of work. Now this is a massive topic and I'm not going to be able to do it justice here, but what I want to do is get to the heart of work, I suppose. And while what I'm going to say will certainly be applicable to unpaid work, uh, I don't know, looking after your kids, studying, making art, volunteering, things like that. As you'll see, uh, it will hone in on paid employment and how we as Christians should go about our jobs. And my message can be summed up very neatly, I think anyway, in three words. And those words are, work is love. Repeat after me, everyone. Nice, easy mantra to remember. Work is love. Good, very good, like it a lot. Now, uh, I don't know whether you acted along with that or not, but if you did or if you didn't, you probably will be thinking this, that sounds a little strange and maybe slightly hippie-ish. So I've got some explaining to do. So let's read this passage together today and hopefully I'll be able to show you what I mean. We're going to read uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 9 to 12. I'm going to take it a verse at a time uh, and we'll get to the end by the end of the talk. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 9 says... But we don't need to write you about the importance of loving each other, for God himself has taught you to love one another. Now, I want to kick off today by immediately moving from Thessalonica in ancient Greece uh, to South Birmingham. You know what, I've been in this church for a while and I know most of you pretty well. And from that experience, I'd want to repeat Paul's uh, sentiments here directly to you. I don't need to tell you that it's important to love because I know that you already get this. I know you already understand this. Now, why do I say that then? Well, partly it's because I know you've heard lots of talks on the subject of love and I've delivered my fair share of them. But more than that, I've seen it in our community and in our lives together. I've noticed it. I've spotted it. Well done. We're getting this. Paul saw the same thing in the Thessalonians. He goes on in verse 10 to say, Indeed, you already show your love for all the believers throughout Macedonia. They didn't just understand theoretically the importance of love. They acted it out and they were known as a loving community. And so what was Paul's instructions to them? Well, he goes on. Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even more. So right at the start, I want to encourage you exactly the same. Well done. I've seen your love uh, for each other in our community. Keep going. Keep loving each other. Keep loving those outside of the community. Keep applying your faith in self-sacrificial kindness and preferring others above yourself. So, as I said, you know the importance of love. I'm sure, actually, you're not surprised by uh, Paul's instructions to love even more. We can always do more of that, I suppose. But the big question, I guess, that might be in your head now is, well, how? How do we do it and how do we love more? Practically, what does this look like? That's funny because although Paul didn't feel the need to write about the importance of loving others, uh, they'd already got that, as we've seen. He did see the need to help them to apply this practically. And I think we could do with the same sort of help. So let's see where Paul then instantly goes. How does he apply this practically in this letter? Verse 11. Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands, just as we instructed you before. Now, 
it's quite likely that in this verse we have three different instructions for three different groups of people. But I'm just going to focus on one of them and it's the third one. Okay, Uh, work with your hands. Now that's partly because we don't have particularly long, but also partly because I think this one kind of sums up the other two. I think they all lead to the third one, working with your hands in that way. What Paul is saying here and what I want to focus on today, how do we love people is the question. How do we love them more and more? Well, we work with our hands. Now, by that, I don't think he's only talking about manual labour. I think he's referring directly to any sort of paid work, any sort of paid employment. Now, for the moment, you might think, well, where have you got that from? Just go with me on it. And I think by the end, I would be able to explain to you why I've come to that conclusion. But what I'm focusing in here, um, as you will see, I, I really hope there is a relevance to you wherever you're at with paid work at the moment. Some of you uh, are in paid work now. This is going to be really relevant to you. Some of you are preparing to go into paid employment in the future. Definitely relevant to you. And others may be out of uh, paid employment at the moment. Definitely relevant to you too. There is something for everybody in this talk. Wow, how, how nice of me to think of you all so, so well. <laughs> anyway, so let's, uh, let's ask the obvious question though. What has work got to do with uh, love? And I think there are four things that we can say about this, and I'm going to rattle through each four, uh, each of the four before we close. What does work have to do with love? Well, number one, work is serving others. I wonder how you view paid work. Why do we work or why do you work? Is it primarily to pay the bills? Is it to learn some new skills? Is it an opportunity to work alongside others? Is it a way you can give yourself a sense of meaning in your life? Actually, all of those answers are good in their own way, and we'll come back to at least one of them in a moment. But in the vast majority of our jobs, it is really helpful to understand that when we work, we are serving other people. Now, your mind might instantly go to certain types of jobs when we talk about serving others. There's obviously a whole service industry, or what we call it, and there are specific jobs, particularly over uh, the pandemic that we've gone to. Oh, those people are really serving uh, at the moment. But, but I think, uh, while, while there is uh, a point in highlighting certain jobs at certain times, I think it's helpful to understand that when all of us work, in, in a sense, we usually anyway, we are serving other people. Now take, let's give an example. Let's take, for example, a musician uh, who's writing a song. Now, this musician could be paid or unpaid, but I presume that the, uh, the same would be, could be said for both, in that the song they're writing has the potential to bring enjoyment or enhancement to someone else's life, or at least that would be the, the, the plan. I mean, it depends what kind of song it would be and how it might do that. It, it could help someone through a, a trauma. It could help them to get in touch with what it truly means to be a human being. I mean, on a deep level, it could pull them out of depression. It could wake them up to social justice, injustice. It could do any number of different things. Songs provide a service. And therefore, if the songwriter works hard to make the song as good as it could be, for example, if they avoid cliches and inauthenticity in the lyrics, if they ensure all the musicianships of the highest standard and make sure the songs produce well, if they do all of those things, they are serving people better than they would otherwise. And that would be therefore an act of love. Now you might not be a musician here, but I would, be, I would imagine that it will be very similar in your line of work. By working to high standards in your job, you are actually loving others. 
And for those of you who are in education right now, and this might be a bigger jump for you, but I'd really, I'd really encourage you to grasp hold of this. Okay, while you're working at school or university, you're preparing to do such a job in the future. And that means that your work now will enable you to serve people better in your future jobs. So therefore, by working hard in your studies now, at school or at university or wherever it may be, with you too are loving others through that hard work. Because work is love. The second uh, reason that I think work is love is that work gives us lots of opportunities to love other people. It's a pretty simple one, this, uh, but I think it's really important just to, to reflect on for a moment or two. Now, to do this, let's, let's imagine that what I've just said a minute ago is not the case for your job. Let's imagine you do a job that is of absolutely no service to society at all. Okay, it's a com on, on a social level, it's completely useless. Okay, now I imagine that everyone's thinking now they've got an idea in their head of the job that they think is completely useless okay you got it got it in your head we'll keep that in your head because saying that out loud it's bound to offend someone <laughs> okay but I, we, I guess we would all have ideas of well that job might not be so useful we wouldn't, maybe the world wouldn't be a worse place without that one but yeah as I said we'll keep that to ourselves but imagine you're doing that kind of job even in that job if that job exists work I think probably would still be love because however useful or useless your particular job might be, the job is likely to provide you with uh, loads of opportunities, more than any other area of your life, to interact with other people, often actually in very close proximity with them and for long periods of time. Of course, uh, over the last year, uh, this has been slightly reduced, but it is worth noting that even when we were on our most lockdown of lockdowns, this was still the case. Think back to, to when you were locked in your home and could never go out at all. Think of that time in your work of all the Zoom calls you were on and all the phone calls you made and all the emails you sent. Those things can be done lovingly or unlovingly. Yes, in work correspondence and work meetings, we have to be professional, obviously. But there's professional and loving on one side and there's professional and unloving on the other side. And I'm sure that we've all been on the receiving end of both of those things. We know what they look like. Now, just to prepare you, if, uh, it, unless it, it might have happened already, but pretty soon, most of your opportunities for social interactions at work will go through the roof. People you have physical meetings with. People you have lunch with, cleaners in your office, not to mention all the socialising uh, that is likely to go on outside of work that we're going to return to pretty soon. Listen, at work, every conversation you have, every email you write, every opportunity you have to express your opinion on how the management runs things, those are all opportunities to show love or not to show love. Wow, it's like... Having a job is like going to love school. You can quote me on that. There's my quote for today, okay? <laughs> That's what it's like. You have loads of opportunities to love at work, or not to, because work is love. Now, I will admit, those, those two points that I've made now, I'm, I'm kind of guessing they were in the background of Paul's thinking, because they're not directly in the passage. Um, but let's go on to two more that he singles out in what he's saying in this passage uh, to link work and love, and they're both found in verse 12. Look at what he says in verse 12. Remember what he's just said, work with your hands, he's just said. Why should we work with our hands? Well, if you do this, verse 12, then people who are not believers will respect the way you live and you will not need to depend on others. Let's start with the first point, shall we? 
work can win respect for ourselves and for Jesus. Paul's thinking here surely is this. It's pretty easy to grasp, I think. As we do our work well, people respect us. But pretty soon they may well be led to the one who lies behind our attractive work practices, Jesus, and come to respect him too. And some may even come to follow him on the basis of that. Listen, if uh, the goal of love is to do the most good for others that you could possibly do, then leading someone to know Jesus surely would be the most loving thing of all the things that you can do. And in Paul's mind, work if done in the right way, can do just that. Now, talking from my experience, when I entered the world of work, I didn't understand this at all. But it would be one of the things, one of the main things I would have taken away from uh, my past teaching career, actually. I went into my first teaching job knowing that Christians should be kind and loving and do good deeds, you know, and that by doing those things, it could help people think more of Jesus. I, I, I realised that. But I guess I was pretty foggy on the kind of good deeds that that might do that in the workplace. I thought, well, what's a, what is it? I, being generous, maybe? Being friendly? Smiling lots? Just being very nice. And so I went in, smiling lots, and trying to be very nice. I think that was my general general plan. But when I got into that job, I found that there were a very specific set of good deeds that people were actually looking for in the teaching profession. The other teachers cared about the good deeds of being a team player, of preparing well for Ofsted inspections, of preparing good resources for the department, on coming alongside other teachers and helping them, in getting your hands dirty, in working hard, in serving the kids. Those are the good deeds they were looking for. Now sadly, in my time as a teacher, I came across at least three other teachers who were very open about their faith, they were Christians, but they were not willing to do those things. They didn't serve their teams. They didn't put themselves out for the kids. And they didn't work harder to be good at their jobs. And those three people, therefore, had very little respect, it seemed, from the other members of staff, and actually from the kids as well. And because of that, every time they opened their mouth to speak about Jesus, which they did, in many ways it seemed that it did more harm than good. How we work either makes Jesus look good or it makes him look bad to those we work with. And making Jesus look good is a tremendous act of love. Work is love. Let's move on to our final point. Why is work love? Well, it's because earning money itself is a loving act. Back to verse 12. Then people who are not believers will respect the way you live. We've looked at that one. And you will not need to depend on others. Now, here's the bit, this last bit here is the reason why I think Paul is mainly talking about paid work here. As you read, we're almost at the end of 1 Thessalonians, but if you read 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians, both written to the same church, you get a picture of the situation that's going on here. And the situation was this. There were people in the Thessalonian church who were just not working. They weren't working for money, okay? And uh, people speculate all sorts of reasons for that, and I think you can draw some of them out. It seemed... Uh, that there were some who just thought Jesus was immediately about to return, so just packed up their jobs. Most commentators would say that. There were some who were kind of had a super spiritual view of life and therefore didn't see work as very important. Some, some would say that. There were some who probably were just quite lazy. I mean, all sorts of reasons. But for whatever reason, the result was obvious. 
because these people weren't earning any money, they were expecting others in the church to pay their bills for them. Now, in that context, can you see that earning a living in the Thessalonian church was a direct application of this command to love one another? As to earn a living and stand on your own feet financially for these people meant not having to rely on other people to support you. And obviously that's an act of love for those people. Now, that was the situation back then. That was the situation in Thessalonica in the first century. How does that translate to today? Well, today as I'm talking to you, I would imagine that different people would be in very different places here. So I think it's the case that for most people in the world, it would be reasonably similar that they would work, that the primary function of their job would be to earn them a living, to kind of get them through the day with food and covering and clothes and things like that. And so I think that if you were in that situation listening, uh, like I said, most of the world probably is, this would make total sense. However, probably though, for most people listening to this talk, you wouldn't think of your job as a tool by which you can survive day to day. You'd probably think more like uh, in terms uh, of how much you can earn over and above getting by in the day. And that's how you might think when it comes to your job. In fact, for you, you might not be able to imagine a situation where you found yourself unemployed and certainly not one where you found yourself unemployable. That just would be uh, kind of not something you consider a lot of the time. Now, if you are in this privileged second group, okay, and I'm not not kind of pointing fingers now because I, I think I would be probably in that group as well. I would just like to give a couple of words uh, of advice or even maybe caution to think about for us. For those who are kind of well-educated and maybe even from quite affluent family backgrounds, there is a real temptation for us to develop a sense of entitlement in this area that can cause us to be, become proud and self-sufficient. And that's not something uh, that we want. We need, to, we need to be aware of that. We need to push against that. On the other hand as well, it can cause us to look down on others who are not in our privileged position and maybe judging some jobs as very important because maybe they earn lots of money and others, well, you know, it's a bit lowly, it's a bit unimportant and therefore treating the people uh, disrespectfully who do those jobs. And uh, again, we, we've got to push against that. If, you're, if we, we fall for that and do that, it means we won't be able to relate and love and, and show kindness to the people of our city and to others who are different from us. So that's one thing. Secondly, though, and more practically, um, it's important to recognise there is a lesson for you here in this passage as well. Because it's not actually just that work should be seen through the lens of love. Actually, we should also see our earnings through the lens of love too. For the Thessalonians, as we've seen, who were dependent on others in the church to simply feed themselves, well, their earnings were loving to those who'd helped them before because it stopped them having to, to, to subsidise them like that. Paul saw what they earned not only as benefiting them, but also benefiting others, because that's how it works in a tight-knit community, which is what the church is supposed to be. For those who earn more than a living then, what you earn shouldn't just benefit you either, but also others. Others who have less. Others who are maybe struggling in one way or another. Yes, in our wider communities, but especially in the community of the church. Now, 
I reckon I was like, I'm getting onto some quite dicey territory here. We're talking about money. We're not meant to talk about money in, in, the, in our culture, are we? Um, so I just want to make a couple of clarifications to make sure you don't get the wrong end of the stick here. Neither Paul nor I are saying that nobody should ever ask for help when they're struggling financially. Not at all. In fact, as a church, we have a fund specifically for those who are struggling to pay the bills or buy necessities, the hardship fund. And I'm sure there are other ways we'd love to help too. Please don't keep those things to yourself. Please ask for help if you need it. In the ancient world, it's just like today. Lots of people aren't out of work because of laziness or of super spirituality. Often it's just because of circumstances completely out of their control. There's, There's nothing we can do about that. And the principle in the Christian church is really quite simple. Those who have more help those who have less. I'm not just going to leave that hanging. I, let's quickly look at 2 Corinthians 8, 11 to 14, where Paul clearly lays down this principle. This is what he says. Give in proportion to what you have. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly. And give according to what you have, not what you don't have. Of course, I don't mean your giving should make life easy for others and hard for yourselves. I only mean that there should be some equality. Right now you have plenty and can help those who are in need. Later they will have plenty and can share with you when you need it. In this way things will be equal. Do you see? In church community those who have more help those who have less. That's just what church is. That's just how church is supposed to work. It's almost inevitable uh, as we come out of Covid that there are very difficult economic times ahead for all of us. On top of that, as a church, we're increasingly reaching people for whom earning a living is definitely not a given. And they're going to need help in this area from those who have a surplus. Let's be a church that sees our work as an opportunity to love others, yes, but also sees our earnings in exactly the same way. Work is love. So let's wrap up. Let's love people by doing the best we can in our jobs. I guess that's the the message I'm I'm saying today. Now, just to be clear, I'm not encouraging perfectionism. I'm not encouraging workaholism. Uh, Doing the best we can in our jobs doesn't necessarily mean clocking 80-hour weeks. You know, it doesn't mean getting rid of all other priorities in our lives. Not at all. Okay. Also, it's probably worth saying, just because work is love, it doesn't mean that to work in a Christian way, you always need to be super nice all the time. I had to learn this actually in my job as a, t- a teacher. I need to be less nice a lot of the time. Um, to work well, you've got to make some unpopular decisions. You know, Making unpopular decisions is kind of the essence in many jobs of working well. So just, just be careful of that one as well. So I'm not saying those two things, but what I am definitely saying is this. In the work that you are doing in your life, whether it's looking after your kids, whether it's studying at school, whether it's studying at university, whether it's making art or volunteering, and especially if it's in your paid employment, don't just see it as a job to be done. See it as an opportunity to fulfill the greatest commandment that Jesus gave us uh, when it comes to relating to other people, to love them.